Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97 5 12 80 the zone welcome on in happy uh what day is it austin tuesday wednesday doesn't matter uh tuesday i think jake scott with you at our vivid smart home arena studios austin horton across the glass from me and safely social distancing from casa de monson the one the only gordon monson gordon hello hello jake uh, does anybody really know what day it is I don't. I have no idea. Does anybody really care to quote uh, a band from Chicago? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, we started off the show yesterday that uh, that I was trying to operate with uh, a little bit more joy in my life when I can. I was telling you about that yesterday. Yes, you were. Well, today I dropped. Uh, I don't know a big old garbage bag and another box full of clothing off to the road home. And I feel really good about it. Oh, Made me good. feel good. And um, most of it was my uh, my wife's clothing <laughs> because I'm a bit of a pack rat and, and she, she does not like that. So actually, she deserves most of the credit. But uh, the, so, some of the stuff she was do- donating was, was very useful. So uh, that Man, made I- me feel pretty good about uh, myself. And plus, it reminded me of how nice that new facility is uh, down in Midvale and went to the family shelter and uh, saw some kids playing on the playground and thought, I'm glad they have a place to play. Anyway, uh, that made me feel pretty good. So there, there's me trying to bring a little joy where I can back into my life. That's, uh, that's something you and I have in common. You're a bit of a pack rat. I have clothes that are older than you. And uh, Believe it or I- not, I have clothes that are older than me. <laughs> passed down through the generations and my uh and, and my wife uh when in doubt throw it out yeah, yeah that, that's more or similar. not throw it out you know she donates it whatever but uh it, it it if it's been around too long in her mind it is of uh better use elsewhere well, anyway, uh, I my biggest problem and maybe you share this gordon is is I haven't moved in a long time. <laughs> and on top of that, I had a revolving door of roommates that would leave 
all sorts of stuff at my house. So it, <laughs> I mean, it's and now now we have a kid. I mean, it's it's really bursting at the seams. So like, I, I really need to go through my uh, my stuff and do what uh, do what she did because uh, honestly, there's some good clothing in there that uh, and other things that could go of use to someone else. So in other words, you have shoes in your closet that uh, are five sizes too big or too small, whatever. No, I don't. Uh, I'm not a shoe person. Oh, well, I have old it, shoes, but not yeah, missed-sized shoes. You said other people had left stuff. Oh, around. oh, oh! I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I don't know if people left shoes. I've, I've, I got a, a few pair of sunglasses. That was probably my favorite acquisition. I had this rule that if a, a roommate had 30 days to come back and claim it, after that, it was mine to do with what <laughs> I, I wanted. Is that, will that hold up in a court of law? Uh, I don't know, but you know, I, these, these were friends of mine. They, they got the deal. Uh, I, I did have one exception. My roommate Hamilton had this classic car. It was a Chevy something. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was from the seventies. Anyway, it, uh, it ended up not running and in my driveway, I think he bought it not running and it ended up in my driveway and it was there for at least six months. After he moved out, but I didn't have the heart to claim a car, nor would I know what to what on earth to do with it. Who who of all your room? You were the landlord. I was essentially. Uh-huh. So who was the weirdest of the bunch? Oh, I can't even answer that question. I mean, I you, don't a, to, uh, you don't have to give an actual name, but do, is there one person that comes to mind? OK, I'll, I'll, I had a buddy. Who worked? I, I've talked about him before. My friend who worked graveyards for a couple of years. Uh huh. And I, I did think he, did he did he cut the grass there? Did he? Uh, no, was he was he a he grave worked, digger. He worked at a no graveyards. Gordon, not at a graveyard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he worked at a uh, he worked at a hotel and did the night audit. I think is what they called mm-hmm. it. And uh, it, it it just it had an interesting effect on his life because he's he's already kind of an introverted guy and it made him. Very introverted. Very, I mean, very. I mean, very introverted. He didn't leave. Was a lot. he too tired to speak to anyone? Uh sometimes he yeah. he slept at the worst possible time, which was was just frustrating. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. I was living with him when I was producing DJ and PK, so I was I was doing the the morning shift, so I had a bit of an, an awkward schedule uh, myself. But you would think. This uh, this roommate would uh, come home. So I, I, what time did he get off? He got off at like seven o'clock or something like that. You think he'd come home and sleep, and then get up in the afternoon, and you know get his day started and then go to work, right? I mean that that would make some sense. Uh, he would come home and stay up all day, and then go to bed in the afternoon and sleep till he had to go to work. So when everybody else, there were four people living in the house at the time, when everybody else was getting home from work, he was like, well, good night, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you later. And so then everybody had to walk on pins and needles around the house for the rest of the day. Because he was snoozing. Because he was snoozing. Uh, and, and was not w- the type of person who was in a real great mood when he was woken up either. I will say this. Your most accomplished uh, tenant... In all the years you've been landlording, has to be uh, Kevin Graham, and this is why I say that because he ran one of the major radio stations in New York, in Pittsburgh, true, in Columbus, in uh, Arizona, right? And uh, and where 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 am I leaving out? 
here in Salt Lake. And I mean, he was a he's a big big time now. He's he went on to run WEEI in Boston, one of the real legacy sports talk radio stations in America. And now he's running some new station down in Texas, isn't he? I mean, he was living in your basement. He was living in my basement. And Kevin is definitely a candidate for most successful roommate that I ever had. But I don't know if it's if it's really hands down because I've got one roommate who's an executive at Yelp. And I have one former roommate <laughs> who is uh, works at the NSA. So did you treat these people well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you never know uh, where. This is a real rule of thumb. Anybody out there, if you work with a young person and you're relatively young yourself, treat people right because you never know. If they're going to end up at the up, NSA. To quote a great movie, <laughs> a great play. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if they work at the NSA, you might. Yeah, exactly. Treat people well. They he, might, know, he knows where you live. They might end up spying on you one day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kevin lived with me for a little while. Kevin Kevin was a good roommate. I would imagine so. He seems rather fastidious about things. He do, was do he was clean. He kind of uh, what? Do our listeners remember Kevin? We oh, talk yeah. about him all the time. I'm but sure I, they I, do. The, uh, oh, well, okay. Kevin did radio in this market on and off for probably a total of. I don't know, Gordon, 10 years, maybe a little less, but he, he came back three times. Partner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, we love Kevin. Uh, he's, he's, uh, doing well. Last time I talked to him down in Dallas, both his kids are in college now, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, really smart kids. Yeah. Very much. Uh, very much. So any, anyway, there's uh, there's a walk down memory lane. Hope everybody enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, we have uh, a lot to do today. We're going to have Keith Smith on with us at the top of the four o'clock hour. Uh, he's based in Orlando as we know. So, uh, we'll get his perspective on the bubble coming to town. Uh, and Bowler expected uh, to join the show coming up at uh, at five o'clock. Not a pro bowler, always a pleasure. But Craig Bowler Jack, who's a total pro. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you for clarifying, because some people get mixed up over that pro bowler thing. Uh, I still was was totally in the right in that situation. <laughs> I've heard that probably thirty times, and every time I hear it, I think you're in the wrong. Every single time. It, the the paper and I don't know anybody who thinks you were right. The paper said, "Pro space bowler." <laughs> and, and by the way, can we figure out a, a better way to uh, to describe Gary Clark than pro bowler? How, or 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 even throw an NFL in front of every NFL pro bowler? I mean, why why just pro bowler? Because, and, and why not Super Bowl a, champion? Because it's a sports talk station. Most people would figure that you know what a pro bowler is. Yeah, it's a person who bowls for a living. <laughs> Since we talk, why are we so describing much. who also coaches a football team? Uh, that that is where I will admit a little. <laughs> I should have put that piece together. But again, in my uh, defense, no, we gotta I, in my it. defense, we, we got to hear it. We got. Well, hear we we. We don't have to hear. We've we got to get. Hear. We've got to no, get we, no, on. No. Uh, I, I, I know we have stuff to get to, but let's finish this once and for all. No, right here. Let's right now. let's not. Uh, right here, right now. We gotta. We we got things to do, Gordon. But I will say, I did ask Lloyd. I said, Lloyd, what is what is football have to do with bowling? And Lloyd, who wasn't listening, is like, oh, what are you? Just just play the stupid clip. I mean. Come on, I at least at least give me that that I did ask. 
Mm. I it. Uh, should we get to the the split story of the day? Please. All is right. it about pro the Pro Bowl or? It is not about the ah. Pro Bowl. No, no. But let's hit the open. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. He definitely wasn't the type of guy to walk in a room and say inward, 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 inward. No, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't a racist like that. Maybe he was prejudiced in some ways. You know, maybe at a time uh, people of my color or Polynesian sometimes would feel uncomfortable around him because he might say something that's out of pocket and sometimes we don't know. But to say he's a racist guy, I mean, I wouldn't say that. You know, and I don't say that. I'm more so on accountability. You just have to be accountable. You know, like what you said was wrong. Just be accountable. I don't think no man should lose his job. A man have a family, things like that. Before as my personal experiences, I mean, it was just, you know, coach and player. I don't feel no hate. Definitely never, ever felt hate. Never felt, never disrespected any coaches my whole four years. So, like I said, we did, it was just, you know, a bittersweet thing. You know, we agreed to disagree a lot. A couple of things he said didn't sit well with me, and we've always had to talk about it. It was always a way we can get it resolved. But to say he's a racist and just come in a room and just to have such hate for African-American people, nah, I wouldn't say he's that. So that was Booby Hobbs from this morning, Gordon, with DJ and PK, and he was also uh, quoted in the piece by Chris Camrani uh, in The Athletic and, and revisiting uh, a conversation that we had yesterday. But listening uh, listening to Hans, he was uh, talking about how he's confident that, that Morgan will be back. Um, listening to some of the former players, certainly more support, I would say, out there than not, although I think Booby Hobbs has been very um, clear with how he felt, including that clip. And I think that uh, absolutely uh, should be considered. And I, I just want to say how our conversation yesterday wasn't meant in any way, shape or form to pile on Morgan Scally. It was more to talk about the reality of the situation and can he perform his job now after this and, uh, and go forward, Gordon. And I thought we looked at it in a, in a very realistic way. But let me ask you this. Would any... <clears throat> How how much support would Morgan have to get and from where to continue on at the University of Utah? Well, it, obviously, you have to start with the guys up top, the people who are the bosses. They're the ones that hold his employment in their hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't. You said Hans is certain he'll be back. I don't oh, know. Oh, certain? No, I it, I didn't mean to say certain. Uh, the, I don't. I'm trying to remember the the word Hans used. Confident, maybe something like that. But no, Hans did not say certain. I don't no, know how anybody can know that, right? Or, or even Correct. Guess it at whether he's going to be back or not. We've tried to cover all sides of this, and when you talk about uh, the the negative. It's not as though you're espousing that or you're saying you're proclaiming that that's the case. You just discuss the negative. And then when you discuss the positive, you discuss the positive. And that's what we've done with this. Uh, I, I don't know how anyone can draw an absolute conclusion without having all the information in front of them. And none of us do or does. Uh, so it's, it's, it's up in the air at this point. And do I like Morgan Scally? Yeah, I like Morgan Scally a lot. Do I respect him? Yeah, he's always been good and truthful and upfront with me. I think you can say the same thing based on our conversations. 
and we've worked with him, and uh, we, we think he's a fine individual, but you can't use certain words. And, and so that word was used, and he's apologized for it. We'll see what the investigators find out. But I have no clue whether he's going to stay or go. Do you? No, I don't. And I, I will add this, Gordon, that I believed, and this is this is my opinion of this, I believe in second chances. And I believe in second chances across the board. Uh, if I, I have received second chances in my life, and it's, I, I am grateful for them, I learned a lot from them, and I will forever be grateful for them, uh, I believe everybody deserves a second chance once in a while because mistakes are... are are made. And I, I know Morgan and I like Morgan very much. And I, I believe in second chances. And, and that's just my my personal opinion. But here's the thing, Gordon, and this is why I was trying to be pragmatic about it yesterday. Because if you if you cut everybody's personal opinion out of this and look at his ability to perform the tasks that he has to as defensive coordinator at the University of Utah, including coaching, including recruiting, including teaching, in my opinion, how easy, how difficult will that be for him, given that this is not, this is going to trail him. This, this will not go away. This will be a part of his, whether it's fair or not, this will be a part of his uh, life moving forward. And can yeah. he function in his current job with that attached? And I, 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 I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that if you look at our modern culture and how it's reacted to uh, various people who have been in his circumstance, it, it doesn't end well. And so I, I, that's why I was trying to look at it that way yesterday, because I think eventually that's what it's going to come down to. And if, if you don't think he can do the job or you, or you don't think you can support him doing the job as a football program in a university, well, then he's not going to be able to do that job. And that's what you brought up yesterday over. So and I just over wanted again. to make that clear because yeah. because yeah. I got a lot of I can't believe you're calling for Morgan's head. I that that one, is certainly not what I'm doing. Somebody said you're piling on Morgan. We weren't piling on Morgan. Absolutely we were just not. Considering all the corners of this conversation, and okay, let, let me let me ask you this. Uh, in that sound there, we heard uh, I think it was Booby Hobbs say he's I don't think he's a racist. How how is a racist defined? Now, that sounds like a stupid question. It's like one of those deals where you know it when you see it, or maybe you don't. I mean, what if what if somebody is a really good person, or at least seems to be, but uses that term? What does that make him? Does it make him a racist, or does it make him a, a good guy who got confused and, and, and didn't know, uh, didn't seriously attach the meaning of that, the symbolism of that, that word, uh, it was it uh, a momentary mindless thought or uh, how how does one define a racist? Like, can you be a good person and use that term? Um, well, let, let me put it this way. I think Morgan Scally is a good person. So I suppose my answer to that question is yes, as weird as it is. It's a bit of a loaded question. And, and you asked Kenneth Scott about that yesterday, and his answer was, was yes. So, yes, I, I think you can. I mean, Is somebody who uses that term a racist? Automatically? It, it, I, I don't think so. But, I mean, does it matter what I think? No, Honestly, well, it's, uh, it's, yeah, but it's your opinion. I'm at, I'm talking to you right now. I mean, we I, we don't have any information from the university. 
We don't know what conclusion they're going to draw. But when I hear people say he he he's he's not a racist, but he used but he he used that word. I, I'm I'm literally trying to dissect this and figure out. Okay, then how what where's that line? I don't I don't know if there is one. I I saw an interesting quote, and I'm scrambling to find it, and I and I can't. And and I'll see if I can find it when I have a little bit more time. Uh, uh, but it it was uh, it was uh, somebody describing racism, uh, you know, like. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to go down the road because I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, not do it justice with without having the exact quote. But I, I think that's a more difficult question, Gordon, uh, than and, and I will say Mo Lee said in that uh, that piece yesterday in The Athletic from uh, from Chris Camerani. And he said, Morgan Scali isn't a racist. And I'm paraphrasing here. I'm from Florida. I have seen racists. Mm-hmm. But yet Morgan's behavior in this circumstance with this particular text is certainly racist. Does that make Morgan a racist? Uh, these are uncomfortable conversations, but I, I don't think so. And and there have been other people out there that have made that opinion known. But does that matter? That's why I asked you what, what type of support... Uh, it would be enough for Morgan to get to retain his job. And you, you mentioned from the top down, right? I mean, the president, uh, President Watkins would have to be on board first for that even to be a possibility, right? Right. And that's what they're investigating. And I, and I you know, I, you have to, at some level, you have to trust the judgment of those that are doing that investigation. And uh, the Morgan Scally I know never exhibited any of those tendencies uh i always thought he was a really good guy who had the best interests of his players at heart that that was my experience with him but if other people had other experiences and it sounds like at least a couple of them did ryan lacy and and sean smith have been relatively aggressive in in some of the things that they have indicated and yeah i i you know so what do you do well, what do you do? And does it that's matter why the to conversation, you? That's why the conversation is so difficult for us, because the Morgan we know, we never saw that. And so, but if there are certain people who were bothered, then that, that does merit investigation and to try to get to the bottom of it so that you can either come to some punitive action or educate or do whatever it is you're going to do. But you're right. This will follow Morgan for for a long time we all thought he was the head coach in waiting and i i don't this is probably going to affect that i would imagine i i don't know that i don't know that either uh i yeah i don't know you'd have to look down the road i just think you know a lot would have to happen to enable him to do his job again i just come back to the fact where he's you know he's going to go back to texas and he's going to go back to high schools and he's going to go back to trying to 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 living rooms. Uh, think about what what Kenneth Scott said about uh, Coach Roderick and uh, and talking to his mom. Kenneth uh, relayed kind of his his recruiting story and how his mom was not in favor of him going to Utah, and how Coach Roderick played a critical role in in you know helping Kenneth find out what was what was best for him. I mean that takes a lot of credibility as a coach. You have to. You have to put your money where your mouth is because you're talking to parents about trusting you with their with their children. And in some cases, in, in you know, they we're talking about extreme differences. And, and Kenneth painted that picture, I thought, beautifully yesterday. But anyway, there's a lot of trust there. 
So can he establish that trust with with recruits and with his players? I, that I, that that is the big that is a big question, right? It, regardless yeah. of of where the behavior came from, and yeah. and how justifiable it is or is not. I mean, how I, how do you have that trust? I just hate that word. I, I hate that word. And I, there's nothing. I'm I'm echoing probably what most of the world thinks. Uh, I hate that word. Last night. I watched, the second time I'd seen it, I watched 42, the Jackie Robinson story. Did you see that film? I did, and I I did not like it. I'll tell you, when I sat there and I was watching that and I heard that one manager yelling over at Jackie Robinson saying that word over and over, it made me sick. It made me sick. I hate that word. And... uh, I, I've never been comfortable around that word, thankfully, and I don't care who's using it. I just don't like it. And and, and because of the frame of reference I have, and I'm not a person of color, but I, 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 know, I know where that came from, and I don't like it. It, it, it makes me ill almost. And so I... I, I'm not saying that Morgan, if he used that word, that he's he's a racist. I don't know. But I hope a correct judgment has come to on this because it's really important. I think it's important for everyone. I think it's important for the players. It's important for that program. It's important for Morgan. It's important for the country. It's it's important for anybody who cares about these kinds of issues. So hopefully they'll... They'll figure this thing out. Uh, I don't have all the information in front of me, neither do you, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they do, this review committee does, and that they'll come to a sound judgment in that regard for the good of everyone. Just, uh, this is a complete aside. Can I explain to you why I did not like that movie? Why? Uh, because the st- I love the story. The story is 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 really amazing, and it was a uh, it was um, mark the times kind of event in this country. Uh, I just didn't really like their version of it that they told, and that's because I compared it to an old HBO movie from 1996, Soul of the Game, which I thought was amazing and told the story from kind of a different perspective. Maybe that wasn't fair to that particular movie, but I liked Soul of the Game much more. Well, what is is there some was there something wrong with forty two? I suppose not, but I just uh, like the okay, other one. Okay, so you're better. just talking about from your from my vantage point. point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I liked uh, uh, a different telling of the story a little bit better, and by comparison, I was disappointed. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll we'll get to uh, to more of this. Obviously, this continues to be a a big story. Uh, with what's going on. And uh, if you have any feedback at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Joining us now, however, from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, just, you know, sports coming back hopefully pretty soon. Well, we're, we're getting dates, uh, you know, end of July. The Jazz make a return. So, you know, life is good, man. Life is coming back. That's great news. It is, and let's let's talk about helping our listeners who may have been putting off something for a while. Well, yeah, Wasatch Medical treats the thing that nobody really wants to talk about. That is erectile dysfunction, but I'll tell you, it is happening to a lot of guys. Um, it's a massive problem out there, and it can wreak havoc on a relationship. The good thing is that 
we treat it in a different way than what's been available since maybe the 90s, um, and that's the pill. We use acoustic wave therapy, and the reason we use it is interesting because the cause of ED, and this is maybe news to some, is not a hormone issue. It's not a medication issue. We're finding that it's a blood vessel issue and that blood vessels, they age and they get clogged up and they get damaged and the blood flow doesn't go where you want it, when you want it. Our treatments restore the growth of blood vessels. They open up everything. So you get more blood flow into this part of the body. What that essentially means is we can get a guy back to normal function in the bedroom and get that spontaneity back. Who uh, is typically a good candidate, Andrew? Well, anybody that is struggling with ED, that could be somebody that has a mild form where, you know, it's not quite as good in the bedroom as you'd like it to be. And it could be somebody that's been struggling for years and maybe has extreme erectile dysfunction. We will have you screened by a doctor to make sure you're a good candidate, but most guys can sure benefit from this. All right, here's the number, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. You mentioned the doctor. Our listeners can call and get that visit for free. Yeah, we're still doing a lot for free with the difficult times that we're in. Probably won't do it forever, but call us now. We'll do that initial assessment for free. We'll do the exam with the doctor for free. And something really cool is this blood flow ultrasound. You want to hear if there's any blockages in your blood flow, we're going to do that for free. We'll also throw in a little special gift, produces instant results in the bedroom just for making the trip. And that's free to everybody that calls us now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, thanks, guys. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Give him a call today, 801-901-8000. We'll have more Big Show for you straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Band of the Day today is the Pointer Sisters, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Unfortunately, yesterday, Gordon, uh, Bonnie Pointer passed away at the age of 69. Yeah, founding member of the Pointer Sisters, and she was with them uh, through the early days, and then... Uh, uh, separated herself for a solo career, and the remaining Pointer sisters went on to have some pretty big hits after she uh, followed her call. So uh, anyway, yeah. That's... She she passed this morning. I apologize. It was not yesterday. No. Excuse me. But anyway, she was 69. Are you? Do you like Pointer sisters, Gordon? Were you a fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I I I thought they had some uh, toe tapping tunes. Believe it or not, one of the first CDs, and I don't even know why, one of the first CDs I ever owned was a Pointer Sisters CD. Anyway. If, so, if anyone in their 30s said that and it wasn't you, I wouldn't believe it. But since you're saying it, I believe it. 
And I do have Pointer Sisters on vinyl, and I, I will be spinning that during dinner time tonight. I was just going to say, we've had Pointer Sisters as Band of the Day before, and if people called in and guessed as to who selected them, they would be wrong, because it was you, not Gordon. Right. Who's the one, what's the one song that they did that, man, is so, makes you get up and dance? Well, Wasn't I think the one I just played. I think that was kind of their thing. Uh, I think most of yeah. their their hits most were. Their I think that was their. <laughs> they were an energy band. Yeah, definitely, no doubt about that. So there you go. There's uh, there's your band of the day today, Gordon. Let's uh, let's switch gears, albeit not entirely. Uh, let's talk about the the with sports coming back, and uh, the headlines that we have now. How is the national anthem going to be handled by yeah. not only players but leagues? And TV networks, and uh, there's there's kind of that layer to this entire discussion. But if you look at especially NFL players, you know there's going to be a lot of them participating uh, kneeling during the national anthem this well, upcoming season. I don't know if you file this under irony or where you put it, but the NFL players are planning to kneel for the anthem as a group, and there have been some in the that Roger Goodell could take part in this. Wow. What what uh, has this what kind of change has taken place here that would cause an entire league to understand what maybe some of us didn't understand at the beginning, but a lot of people have come along and come to understand that it was the whole thing was about social injustice, not about disrespecting country or flag or anthem. Do you okay? So, uh, do you want my my cynical answer here, or do you want my hopeful answer here? Okay, uh, let me guess. Your cynical answer will be that you think this is a public relations stunt by the NFL and Roger Goodell. Uh, and and uh, am I am I no. in the right neighborhood? Am I uh-uh. being way too cynical? No, no, what? no. I I think I could even top you on the oh, the cynic- cynicality. Is that a word? Oh. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Well, here's my hopeful side. Right, that the NFL and its group of owners finally started listening and embracing their players because that relationship has been very combative in the past, and you know it's probably way past time that they get along a little bit better. Uh, but my my cynical answer is is Roger Goodell realizes now that he does not have enough power to keep his players under his thumb, which is exactly what his behavior would indicate how he's dealt with this Kaepernick situation all the way along. And now he's he's not going to be able to do that, so he he might as well jump on board and spare himself a lot of uh, a lot of uh, problems. Well, I, I I hear what you're saying there, except for the reports I've read, and who knows where the truth actually exists, but the reports I've read have indicated that Roger Goodell wanted one of the owners, one of the teams in the league, to re-sign Colin Kaepernick, and that his wishes were ignored. Okay, so let me let me put it this way, I guess. When I say Roger Goodell, and, and I, need, I should clarify this because it's unfair. I guess I'm talking about the overall NFL system, right? And, okay. and if you say an overall NFL system doesn't exist, well, then wake up because why do you think he hasn't had a job for three years? So I guess I'm talking about the – Roger Goodell represents to me the overall behavior of this particular group of wealthy people 
in uh, in the United well, you, States. You said that Roger Goodell couldn't control the owners or the players. Well, maybe it's difficult for him to control the owners as well. True. And, and it, you know what? It, it, I hear, it, it, here's where I have sympathy real quick for Roger Goodell and him personally, Gordon, because he's also got the president of the United States talking in his other ear for some reason on Twitter uh, about his patriotic duty and, and all this stuff. So, I mean, uh-huh. those uh, there's pretty loud voices that are are tearing at this particular man so i i mean i i've got some sympathy for him and it's in kind of but on the other hand you know does it does it matter if the nfl is gonna do the right thing why they're doing the right thing or that they're doing the right thing so and will they do the right thing i don't know uh, uh i don't know what the answer to that is do they not even have uh or do they not even show the anthem on tv that's what they did before they told their television partners when when players were kneeling that they were not to air that on TV, and I I remember that Gordon that they'd come yeah. back for for kickoff. I mean, it and, would and, not be so. So what what is their behavior exactly, and and how does that change? Because their their behavior has not been uh, you know they've been trying to stamp it out rather than embrace it for a while. Well, this had nothing to do with uh, trying to uh, display or hide, uh, display patriotism or hide that which is supposedly disrespectful. I think it was about money and uh, certain fan groups getting angry and saying they were going to cancel their, their they weren't going to buy tickets and we're going to show up, all that sort of thing. And so the NFL, the owners were quite concerned about that. Uh, but But again, maybe I saw, and I don't mean to get political here, but I saw uh, at the services of uh, George Floyd. Did you see the video of Joe, what Joe Biden said at that funeral, at that service? I, I did not have a chance yet, no. There was one part where he said that George Floyd could change the world. Hmm. And look, I, whether that's some kind of politico who's trying to get votes, or what, I don't know. I, I, I'm not analyzing that. But I, I think I'm hopeful speaking of being hopeful, that, that he's right in that regard, that maybe this has opened people's eyes. And by people's eyes, I mean everybody or, uh, you know, the vast majority so that people can understand what's going on here, really, and what needs to happen, the change that needs to happen. And anything that can do that in a positive, peaceful manner, I'm, I'm for, man. And if it... If it if it takes the, all the players in the NFL kneeling before a game, then 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 please please do just to continue that awareness so that affected change can actually happen. And the whole idea of the national anthem before a sporting event that was the uh, from what I've read from historical accounts and whatnot that was done for commercial purposes initially. Uh, in a lot of cases, people wanted to use the flag as a uh, as a rallying point to get people to get excited to go to baseball games or whatever. And so I don't know. It's uh, I, I don't think that's the way a lot of people view it. I think a lot of people like to take a few minutes before a game to think about the positives in our country. But uh, it comes a time when maybe some of the negatives do need to be thought about so that change can be affected. And if that's an opportunity for them to do so, and by them I mean everybody, 
uh, and the players and of the in the NFL, and, and and if Roger Goodell wants to kneel, if coaches want to kneel, then then maybe they'll do that. But uh, keep keep that awareness going because that is an overall net gain for our country. Okay, with that in mind, there is one league that is legislated standing for the national anthem into its CBA. And we will talk about what that league can do coming up next. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Now, are, this is a song. I love here. this song. Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was on the CD I had as a kid. Played this song over and over again. It's a great song. Uh, I want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Cleaning has never been so important, and Zero Res is staffed up and ready to serve. Just $33 per room, and right now your fourth room is free. What year did this come out, Gordon? Best guess. Mid, Mid-80s, maybe? Yeah, I'd say. Early 80s? So, so you would be, you would have been a little bit older than the picture we tweeted out yesterday, but in right mid, now in the mid '80s, I was uh, uh, 55. So I, I see you sauntering through some sort of uh, popular nightclub, shirt unbuttoned down to here, you know, like gold, oh, you, you know, really, what else? A uh, platform shoes, whatever oh, yeah. pants we, happened I to be in style at the time. Yeah, I, but that's that wasn't what I'm picturing. the '80s. That, that was the '70s. Okay, but uh, with the yeah, but the big, uh, big, big cuffed pants with the platform shoes and the whole thing. Oh Let's yeah, listen to this song, man. They could really get it going here, couldn't they? Winter Sisters, yeah. Let's see, 1983. There you go. So good times, the Pointer Sisters. Love it. Uh, Gordon, we're talking about kneeling during the anthem and how there may be a fair amount of athletes who uh, want to demonstrate their opinion in that way in various sports, but there is only one sport that has legislated that you have to stand for the national anthem, and that, of course, is the NBA. Uh, with the Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf situation back in the 90s. And his name at the time was uh, Chris Jackson, I believe. It was before yes. he, he uh-huh. changed his name. And at least one of the games, I, th- I thought it was the only one, but I could be wrong about that. But one of the games that, uh, that he did not stand for the anthem uh, during that situation was here in, uh, in Salt Lake City. Anyway, the, the reaction from the NBA at the time, Gordon, was to go ahead and, and uh, create that rule. And eventually, or, and uh, Chris Jackson decided to stand for the anthem because he had to. But that has been a rule with the NBA ever since. And now that, that rule is going to, is going to come up in whatever way, shape, or form uh, when the NBA returns. Yeah, his, uh, his protest was uh, more religion, I think, but he turned his back. He, he, I think that's what he was doing. He was turning his back on the flag. No, I don't think. I, I thought he didn't come out or he remained so it, seated. It says here he was sitting. Yeah, I think that's what The NBA was. suspended him uh, for $31,000 per missed game. Two, laters, he worked, two days later, he worked out a compromise where he would stand, but he was allowed to close his eyes and look down. Did, uh, did, uh, and he was doing that for a number of games, though, wasn't he? Not just here. No, I think he did it once and it was here and then he was suspended until he came to the compromise. Oh, I thought he had done it a number of times. I don't think so. Do you have that, Mr. Know-it-all? Uh, it does say before games, but it, and the, the little uh, note says uh, sends me to a New York Times article. 
I don't know. I'd have to read a New York Times article. So, I think it was multiple games. But oh, and Jake Hatch has read it too many times, so I can't read it. So, <laughs> okay. Gordon, you want to give me your credit card, and I'll subscribe you to the <laughs> New York Times, and we'll find this out. Or <laughs> I think you can probably find it free somewhere else. Uh, I quit. Anyway. anyway, we get we get that he was he, he had an issue. He did, but uh, they made a rule about it. And so now, Gordon, as they're readdressing all sorts of rules uh, with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and having to readjust going forward, I have not heard, and I don't know if you have, I have not heard this issue addressed. And one way or another, the NBA will have to address it. That's, that's going to happen, whether or not they get rid of the rule or whether or not they decide to punish players. If, if you'll remember back to when uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation was going on, uh, the Jazz, actually, they locked arms for the national anthem as a show of solidarity and also, obviously, not to uh, break the rules of the NBA. That's how they chose as a team that year to show their support. Well, I think I think that's going to be pushed more significantly uh, when the NBA returns and how they respond, I, I'm going to find fascinating. Yeah, and they weren't the only team to do it. There were other teams that were doing that as well. Because they wanted to acknowledge uh, the 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 importance of the issue at hand and do it in a way that they felt comfortable doing it. But you're right. This will have to be addressed again and readdressed. And uh, I'd say with the way opinion seems to be flowing on this, people are coming to an understanding of what it all means. And uh, that... If I were a betting man, I'd say that rule's going to change. Yeah, sooner rather than later, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there won't. Will they play the national anthem before before games with no fans in the stands? That's what I, I would wonder. Maybe they just yeah. kick the can down the road on this thing a little bit and not do the national anthem because there are no fans there. But certainly it will have to be uh, addressed and uh, thought through. And that'll be, like you said, that'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, do you have any problem with it anymore at all, Jake? Is there any hesitancy on your part with this? You're a fine patriot. Oh, I didn't have any problem with it to begin with. Yeah. Had, had no issue whatsoever. In fact, I, I remember doing a show at the time, and we read a quote from a veteran who talked about how he's got no issue with Colin Kaepernick doing that because he— that's exactly the type of stuff he was out there fighting for. Uh, I wonder how many people there are who have changed their mind on this, who initially were against it, but now they have a better understanding of, of what, what it's all about. Yeah, uh, My issues with, with Kaepernick, as I've talked about on this show, I think he did some things that weren't particularly helpful. Um, you know, the Castro thing, it wasn't really helpful. I don't think the socks were particularly helpful. Now he has, of course, every right to do it, but that was just my personal opinion on his actions. I, I was disappointed when he said he didn't vote that, that disappointed me because I think that's our, our right. And that's how we voice opinion as Americans, uh, most directly, not the only way, but the most direct way to do it. So I was disappointed in that. But as far as you know his his right to do it 100%. He was trying to uh, to get a message out there um, to an audience that uh, doesn't get that message very often, or at least part of an audience. Yeah, there there there's a lot of activity right now, Jake, on all on a lot of fronts. Did you see that uh, that NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace is calling for a ban on Confederate flags at races? That's probably overdue. The, yeah, the exact quote was, "Get them out of here." 
I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, lived in Virginia for a long time. They say they said they had Confederate flags flying, and I'm thinking to myself, well, how did this was a person of color? And I said, how did that make you feel? He said, not good. Yeah, I still not, see them. Not good. Not as much as I used to. I, I still see them when I go back to that part of the country. Yeah. Yeah, getting rid Apparently of that. Apparently it's rather common at uh, NASCAR races. Yeah, getting getting that symbol out of society is, is long overdue. I agree with that. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll get to what's going on across the Zone Sports Network. We'll play highlights from the other shows. But joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is our friend Andrew Reinhardt. He's helping our listeners in the bedroom because, believe it or not out there, uh, ED is quite prevalent. Oh, yeah, that's right, Jake. Um, we see guys that are 20 years old that have the problem. We see guys that are 90 years old. What is so cool is that our treatment is clinically shown, and I should emphasize that, that the science page at WasatchMedicalClinic.com has all of the clinical studies, journals, articles, and there's you know five times that floating around out there that show that our treatments regrow blood vessels. And think about that. ED is a blood flow issue. It's caused by aging or damaged or even blocked blood vessels. The, you know, the American diet, the American lifestyle, probably not doing us any favors, uh, but we can restore those blood vessels. We can open up blood vessels through the acoustic wave and something called neovascularization. Um, the bottom line is it can restore the normal and the natural spontaneity in the bedroom. Typically, a guy would go through two to three weeks of treatment. So think about that. Before the end of the month, in June, you could throw the pills away, get back that natural function in the relationship. Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of folks out there are dealing with uh, the medications and the side, side effects, and that message would have a lot of value. You can get rid of all that stuff. Oh, yeah. The pills. And I'll tell you, I talked to um, an acquaintance of mine. He has a clinic in Florida. Uh, they do not use the acoustic wave. They use injections. That's all they do. So you can imagine going into the clinic and they pull that needle out. <laughs> not not very many people that want to use a needle on this part of the body. No. And we eliminate that. We, you know, we, it's, it's pills and injections. And then there's acoustic wave. And those are kind of the options and I'll tell you, the non-invasive, natural approach uh, sure is appealing to a lot of guys. All right. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's Wasatch Medical Clinic. And if they get on the books today, they get uh, a free exam with the doctor? Yeah, free exam, free assessment. We're going to do a blood flow ultrasound, which is really cool and will allow you to hear and gauge how good your blood flow is. We'll also throw in a little special gift. This really is worth the trip alone. It produces instant results in the bedroom. I call it a booster. That is free as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, what's going on? It's coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.